Good morning, everyone. I want to welcome you to Stafford County Christian Church. My name is Jared Hepler. I am your uh, wonderful youth pastor, and I am so excited to get to talk to you guys today. Uh, I was just speaking with my wife, Hannah, and we were talking about how long it's been since we have been in person and we have seen you guys, and uh, we truly miss every one of you. Um, and I, like I said, I know I miss seeing all of your faces, and I, I'm sure that you guys have missed seeing mine. Uh, I'm sure you're touched deeply to see me on your screens today. So um, I want to let you guys know that this is Move Up Sunday. And what that means is that we're going to take time today to honor our graduates and their accomplishments. And I wrote today's message um, with our seniors in mind. I was thinking about them um, and I was thinking about the next steps in their lives that they're going to be taking. But I truly believe that everyone who is listening today is going to be able to get something out of this message. So uh, tune in. Make sure you guys are opening your hearts and your minds. Uh, pray that God does that today. Because even though this is a message geared towards our uh, youth and towards our young adults, um, there is something that God has for you today. So let's pray before we get started into the message. Father, we just thank you so much for giving us a chance to get together and to worship and to learn from your word. God, I pray that as we go into this message that you would guide my words, guide what I have to say, and God, open the hearts of our people. Open their minds today so that they're able to receive from you what you have planned for them. Because God, we know that no matter what the message is, no matter uh, who's speaking it or where it's coming from, God, if it's from you, it has the power to change God, we ask all of these things in your most precious and holy name. Amen. So, um, today's sermon is titled, Next is Now. And we're going to be talking about transition. So, um, transitions in a person's life can be a pretty big deal, and especially when they're unexpected. And we know about unexpected changes right now, don't we? From things like homeschooling, remote working, remote learning, entertaining your kids, home upkeep, finding creative ways to have fun since everything is closed, and even the hardest for me, wearing a mask. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but my face is just way too hot all the time now. Um, masks are horrible, but they are necessary. I get it. So um, some, tra some transitions, well, uh, well, some take transitions well, while others find them challenging and repulsive. Transitions in involve change. And it's in our nature to find an established rhythm and to stick to it. And if it's thrown off, it rocks our world, right? And I think we'd all agree that there are good changes. Good changes are things like, hey, son or daughter, uh, we just got you a brand new car for your 16th birthday. Um, I think we could all handle that. Uh, or how about when you get a new teacher? That you actually like or when you're for forced to change seats in your class um, and your teacher puts you next to your secret crush or when you get that promotion at work and um, you weren't expecting it or maybe uh, your co-workers invite you out uh, for a, a lunch or for your birthday we can handle these changes but then there's the not so good change category and these are things like losing your job being cut from the team when a doctor tells you that you have an unusual illness, when you find out your parents are separating, when you don't get into the college you had set your heart on, 
when schools are shut down because of coronavirus? These are tough. They're all unexpected changes and they're not easy to handle, right? Now, one transition that comes to mind for me was the summer before I started high school. Now, I have talked to you guys before. Uh, if you've heard any of my previous messages, we've talked about my mom and uh, the, the craziness that she is. And we talked about how uh, she had changed my, tried to change my name when I was a baby. I wasn't named for two weeks because she's so indecisive. Now, uh, let's fast forward. I'm in sixth grade and I'm about to move into seventh grade and in Pennsylvania you move straight from elementary school to high school and so I'm a little nervous about this and I am almost foolish enough <laughs> to talk to my mom and say hey mom I'm nervous about moving into high school and my mom very quickly says we'll hold you back it's okay we'll hold you back and you know what this is the perfect opportunity for us to change your name and I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. Um, and so I, I had to advocate for, no, I'm not nervous anymore. And I'm okay with my name being Jared and not Jared. Uh, so I was able to convince her to let me <laughs> move on. Um, but that's a transition that comes to my mind when I'm thinking about my life. Now, many people in scripture went through times of transition, but someone who saw a huge change was Joshua. The book of Joshua is a fast-paced book that tells a story of real people who are faced with constant change. At the beginning of the book, the nation's beloved leader, Moses, had just passed on to eternal life, and we see that in Joshua 1.1. It starts off immediately telling us that Moses had passed, and so what does God do? He appoints Joshua, hence the name of the book, uh, as their new leader. Joshua wasn't given this position because God ran out of choices. God deliberately chose Joshua for this task. And this was a huge responsibility. God gets right to the point and he moves on with the nation's new leader. And he gives him immediate instruction and encouragement. And we see that in Joshua 1, 2 through 6. And we're going to talk more about that about that later. And the nation was expected to follow their new man. Can you imagine being Joshua? I know that if I were in that position, I would feel incredibly insecure, especially following up an act like Moses's. Let's remember that Moses uh, was instrumental in God's uh, wrath upon Egypt, that he had uh, been there when the waters were parted in the Red Sea, that he had received the Ten Commandments, that he had led Israel through the desert. And guys, it is he was a huge act to follow up. Now, a fascinating aspect of Joshua's newfound leadership is that it wasn't newly founded. It appears as if he comes out of nowhere when you're looking at it, and we want to ask, where did God find this guy? And how did he get picked? But Joshua started his training, his, his leadership training, early on in his life. You see, Joshua was born during Egypt's uh, bond, during Israel's Egyptian bondage, and we see that in Joshua 24:29. And it was during this time that he undoubtedly learned some very valuable lessons under those harsh taskmasters that he had in Egypt. He probably learned submission obedience, and hard work. And these lessons would follow him everywhere that he went. 
We're told in Exodus 24, 13 and 32, 17 that Joshua was right by Moses' side as his minister. He was serving in the shadows, uh, but fulfilling his life's calling at that stage in his life. So Joshua was always undergoing training because God knew that he would need Joshua for this moment and for this time. The important lesson here is that Joshua didn't become a great leader overnight, right? It took years of serving, of obeying, of honoring, and laboring in the tasks that were before him at those exact moments. It wasn't always glamorous, but it was his calling. Before any of you can be a leader, you must learn to be a follower. That means you're not always right. You don't always know best. You're not the only one with great ideas. You have to learn to work with others, obey, serve, and honor those who are over you right now. If you have trouble listening to your parents, to your teachers, or to your boss, you're not ready for leadership. Now, isn't it incredible to think that in our day, we have access to just about anything and can get, it, uh, get anything that we want in a relatively short amount of time? There are companies like Amazon Prime that spoil us with their two-day shipping and guys, this is something that I really take advantage of. I love two-day shipping with Amazon Prime. Uh, it spoils me. And recently, we found out that Aldi does same-day delivery. So I'm cutting out all the shopping in my life. Love it. Um, but that inadvertently trains our mind to where we think we can get anything that we want at a quick rate with minimal effort. Someone says, here, watch this workout video and uh, lose... 20 pounds in two days. And we think, yes, that's what I need. Or take this five minute survey and win $10,000 cash. And um, what's, what's the saying? Uh, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. We want great achievement and accomplishment with minimal effort. Joshua did not become a great leader overnight. And neither will you. It's not a matter of serendipity that you are going through what you're going through in your life. God is deeply interested in making you into the person that you are meant to be. It's possible that he's trying to prepare you for your future. And I want you guys to really focus in on this. Learn to submit to life's lessons now. We do not become who God wants us to be overnight or by taking some magic pill. It takes time. Learn to submit. Now, Joshua's obedience and what he had learned uh, in his time in Egypt and in his time with Moses would come in handy as he would now have to completely obey and trust God to lead a very difficult group of people. God told Joshua that he would lead the people to cross the river. We see that in Joshua 1, 2 through 4. To overcome their enemy in verse 5 and divvy out the land in verse 6. And what's interesting is that God didn't give any details as to how Joshua would do this. 
God knew that Joshua would obey and trust because Joshua was already in the habit of doing this, even when things were uh, unknown to him, even when there was the unknown element, he was still obedient. Could God make the same assumption about us today? How many of you guys out there have parents who got on you when you didn't obey the first time? They do this because they hate you, right? And they, they want to make your life miserable and pester you all the time, right? No. They do it because they love you. It could save your life. Can you imagine if your parents constantly had to tell you to do something before you obeyed? What if when you were younger, you were about to cross the street and not knowing there was a car coming, but your parents shouted, stop, because they saw it. Would you be the kid to stop or the one to keep going? Some of you would not be here today because you're not accustomed to obeying. And as serious as that could be, Christian parents have deeper intention because the consequences are far greater. Imagine, imagine God calling you to do something and trying to get your attention, but you're accustomed to doing you and not listening to anybody. The consequences of not obeying the creator of the universe are far more severe than being hit by a car. Christian parents teach their kids to obey the first time because they want to train them to hear and obey the voice of God the first time. Are you listening? Or are you doing your own thing? Are you scared of change so you'd rather pretend that you're not listening? Guys, focusing in on the voice of God is so important. Transitions and change aren't always easy. But God is trying to prepare you and call you to fulfill a specific task today. Now, something that we talk about in uh, youth group a lot is the three things that help us to draw closer to the, to the Lord. We talk about pray, obey, stay. And so what that means, uh, prayer, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk to God. We're going to tell him what's going on in our lives. We're going to talk to him about our pains, about our trials, about what we're facing. We're going to tell him and thank him for the blessings that he puts in our lives. Obey. How do we learn to obey God? How do we learn to obey what Jesus taught us in the Gospels and what, what uh, Paul and Peter and all of our awesome uh, apostles, what they taught us? We read our Bibles. We take the time to sit down and read what he has written, what has been written for us to understand. And we stay. We learn to sit in the quiet. And sometimes this is the hardest thing to do. Sometimes it is very, very difficult to put away the phone, to turn off the TV, turn off the music, move away from uh, whatever uh, you have kids, animals, parents, whoever it is in your house, and to move away and to find that quiet place. But that's where you're going to hear the voice of God, by being intentional about listening to him. So take that time. Pull yourself away from all of the distractions, from all of the things in your life that would pull you away from God and just sit in the silence and listening, listen to his voice. 
Praying is us talking to God. We need to stay to listen. And I encourage you for all, all of our youth out there and even for our adults um, to sit down with a journal and to write down the things that you hear from God. God is trying to mold you and grow you to fulfill a certain and specific task in your lives. He's already got it planned out. He already knows. So the transition that you're going through in your life, the difficulty that you're going through, God is preparing you for so, so much more. Your application today is that while God desires to do great work in our lives, we must be in the habit of obedience. So we will be ready to answer God's call. Now, uh, in a moment, we're going to have our communion meditation, uh, and we're going to have some slides up of our uh, graduating seniors, and I want you guys uh, to take time to look at that. But for a moment, I want you guys to stop everything that you're doing, bow your heads, close your eyes, to eliminate all the distractions, and I want you to think about the power of Jesus. I want you to think about the voice of Jesus. He is calling out to you. He is reaching out to you every day. His body was broken for you. His blood was shed for you. Not so that, uh, just so that we have our eternity secured and that we get to uh, spend eternity with him in heaven, but so that we can live for him right now. That's what it's all about, guys. We get to live for Jesus now, where we are. Remember, Jesus went to the cross to die for you because he had a specific plan and purpose for each of your individual lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much again for giving us the chance to get together, to worship you, to learn about you. God, I pray that as we go through this week, you help us to listen to the sound of your voice. Help us to remember the sacrifice that your son made on the cross, not so that uh, our, just so that our sin was washed away, but now our sin is washed away and we get to live for you. We get to live a, a life of purpose. God, even when things are tough, even when things are hard, even when we face trial and tribulation, that God, you are in control. You know what the ultimate plan is, that our suffering is not needless, that it's for the glory of your name. In your precious name we pray.
if uh, there's anyone out there that has a decision to make, once again, whether that be for Christ, uh, to become a member, uh, you struggle with something in your life, you just need to talk to someone, please never hesitate to let us know. Um, email any of us. Uh, reach out to us in any way. Uh, we'd love to be uh, able to be there uh, to help you with uh, whatever that is. Um, but as we uh, finish off this morning, please rise with us as we continue in our worship.
I just pray that you bless us as we depart. God, that we take what we receive here, keep it with us, and continue to spread it across this broken world. Lord, I just pray that you're with us as we walk this week. In your son Jesus' precious name, amen. Go and be blessed.